everybody cares No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody Here on Buddy Cast Hey, how's everyone doing today? It's another episode of your favorite show, Buddy Cast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and I'm here with my good buddy, the Rev, Ronald Hunt. How you doing today, buddy? Not bad, Nick. How about yourself, buddy? Not bad, not bad. Brings me back to the glory days of Teal, you know? Yeah, man. I, I, I didn't think it was so long since we've been there, but I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. I was getting all the emails from Teal about the, about the five years and the this and the that, and I'm like, Jesus, it's been that long. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What have you been up to nowadays? Uh, so, you know, just trying to stay as busy as possible. You know, uh, the, the full time job, uh, you know, with uh, wrestling and then working within news and everything. So, you know, just trying to balance the, the aspect of both of those. But then at the same time, you know, enjoying and having fun with what you do. So, uh, as you know, I'm a man of, of many things that I do. So just trying to level out the schedule, believe it or not. Um, the only positive, I try to look at positives with everything. The only positive that I can say about the pandemic is it forced me to slow down and think yeah. about things. So that's a good thing because, Nick, you've known me for many years now. And, you know, uh, I try to stay as busy, as busy as possible. <laughs> every time I'd see, every time I'd look out my uh, out my dorm window. There goes right now. Oh, there goes right now again. Oh, there's right now. It was very hard to keep up with me. As you know, even when I was a, uh, a resident assistant, I had yeah. a marker, and typically people would just put, you know, in, out, and have a little magnet that they would slide over. But I had to have, like, eight different locations. Like, if you can't find me here, try here, try here, try here, try here. And then if you can't find me after that, hey, I'll, I'll be back in maybe, like, ten minutes or so. Yeah, absolutely. I got to ask, what's with the Santa suit in the background? So uh, let me let me see. So my my Santa suit here. So this, this is actually a, a title with a company, but the Santa suit here. Uh, I do a lot of content and everything like that. So uh, TikTok has been one of my new ventures, uh, uh, thanks to one of the people that I used to work with. So they gave me the bright idea. They said, you know what, Ronell, you you should try to do TikTok. Back in Vine's glory days, I had Vine. I wasn't as popular. I had friends that are popular, but uh, so I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. If nothing happens in two months, I'll delete the app. I don't need any more business. And somehow I like accidentally went viral. Uh, so now I have to keep up with it. So I kind of, I kind of, you know, bit my tongue on that. So I think, I think right now I just hit uh, about sixty thousand followers Ooh. and a little bit over seven hundred ten thousand likes uh, on TikTok. So I, I can't complain about it. But the Santa suit, I love Christmas. You know, it's time to, to brings joy. So I'll be doing some some funny stuff in the near future, probably hitting some different neighborhoods, hitting some different stores and and, and seeing what we can do. Nice. Nice. Now, you're a man of many trades, like entertainment, you know, um, like, for example, I know until you did a lot of like comedy hypnosis stuff. Oh, yeah. How'd you get into all that? Yeah. So, um, you know, one of, one of the main things, I think one of my early gifts as an entertainer that, you know, that I remember is I, I started as a magician, you know, I, I did uh, magic shows all across till and even before college, you know, I would travel around the city, travel around the States and uh, perform magic shows. And uh, so then it was just a time, you know, that I, you know, I could do adult shows with adult humor. Uh, I could do children's show and keep things just light and fun and very vibrant. And uh, it wasn't until I want to say about 2012. I'm not sure if you read his first show, Nick, but um, a, a good friend of mine named Joshua Seth uh, came to tell he's a comedian uh, hypnotist. 
Uh, then also he does uh, voiceover work, but he came to the school and I was like, this is interesting. You know, I always followed it. Uh, one of the fun facts is my senior night of high school, we had a comedian hypnotist come. And, you know, I was one of those guys. I was, in, I was a magician. And I said, you know what? This is somewhat along the lines. I'm just going to go with it and see if it can happen to me. This can't happen to me. And, you know, we start getting involved in this show. I raised my hand. I was one out of about 10 participants. And, you know, I'm following the guy's suggestions. And I slowly start to feel myself getting tired and starting to slowly feel myself kind of relax. And I'm like, whoa. And so I kind of, you know, kind of forced myself to snap out of it. And then I just enjoyed the show as a spectator. So from then I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, it sparked my interest. Uh, I met Joshua Seth. He came to Till, did a show in 2012. And once we began to talk, um, I began to go into like the art form of it and, you know, the, uh, the artistry of it, you know, just like anything else is performing arts, uh, except you're doing it with a group of people that all enjoy it. And uh, so once kind of, you know, being able to learn that, I said, well, let me hone my skill. Let me hone my skill. Let me hone my skill. I eventually honed that skill. And then I added that to my repertoire. And then as, as you know, Nick, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to even around those years at Till travel around the different dorms, travel around the different organizations and do my own shows. Uh, and then even do some individual things, which, you know, I, I you know, you, you're, you're one of the guys that I even yeah. was able to do that with. And mm -hmm. um, so I think even outside of the comedy side of things, you know, I found uh, it to be very therapeutic, especially as, you know, uh, you know, we were all going through finals and students now go through finals. Okay. Outside of the comedy and the entertainment aspect of this, how can I help this when it comes to people with anxiety? Uh, how can I help this with people that, that comes to people with depression? And uh, so it's, it's, uh, it was a bit of a fun journey. I think we're about seven years deep so far uh, in, in that journey as well. Nice. Nice. I was about to ask, do you use your like hypnosis and everything for, um, for like helping people, like helping benefit, you know, like, I think I remember you told me a story back in the day you used hypnosis to help, like help someone quit smoking. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was actually one of my neighbors. Um, you know, once I, um, once I moved from Pittsburgh, I went to Newcastle, Pennsylvania, about 55 minutes, uh, from till and another 55 minutes North from Pittsburgh. And, um, it was a neighbor that she knew about it and she said, Hey, can you help me with this? I'm having some problems. Uh, and I, I really want to quit smoking. I said, well, you know, I can't 100% promise anything, uh, but we can give it a try. And, uh, you know, it was, it was at that time that, you know, we, we, um, you know, we were going through it. And, um, one, one thing that's cool about it is, you know, while there is a side of comedy to it, uh, it can really help people. And so what my mindset was, I said, if I can think of the most disgusting thing that I can give her to imagine this as anytime that she even wants to have a desire of it, let's see how that works. I said, what is your most disgusting thing you don't like? And she told me pickles. <laughs> and so when I told her, you know, once once we kind of went through this, about an hour process, she had family around. And I said, um, <laughs> and I said, even if you think about it, I said, you're going to think it's the most disgusting thing in the world. But I said, even if you think about it and you get weak in it, as soon as you put it to your lips, you're going to get the strongest taste of the nastiest, juiciest pickle you can think of. And um, she actually called me, I think probably about a couple months later and said, you know what? I had an urge to smoke and I did it. And she was like, my mouth, I had to brush my teeth for like 10 minutes and I didn't even light it. It just, I stuck it in my mouth to light it. And all I did was taste a bunch of pickles. So while, while you know, while it's on the comedy side of things, uh, just the fact that you can kind of use that to help people out 
through yeah. all their different struggles. I think we all have struggles, but to help them out through their struggles, uh, I, I never thought that pickles was going to be the cure uh, to stop someone to smoke. But hey, if if it works, it works. Yeah. Hey, gotta go with what it works, you know. You gotta go. You gotta go with what works, you know. For yeah. for me, I'm like, hey, you know. Uh, I don't know what my nastiest food will be, but I was like, hey, if pickles is yours, you know, let's let's see what we can make happen. Yeah, absolutely. Another entertainment factor that you are really keen on is wrestling. I see yeah. your name, the Rev. Let's talk about that. How'd that all begin? Yeah, so so that actually began in uh, 2011. Uh, so actually, I graduated from high school in 2011, and um, it was one of those things that I always wanted to do. It I I found a love for. Uh, pro wrestling, you know, it was one of those things that as a child, I was I was bullied all my life. Believe it or not, I'm a I'm a, I'm a big, tall, strong guy now, but uh, I was bullied. I think everything that people would use as a target to bully, uh, I was a safety patrol officer. I had braces. I was a little chubbier then. Uh, I did after school chess club. Anything you could think of, I did it. Um, so um, it was one of those things that it was my way away from reality. It was kind of my therapy. And um, one of the wrestlers I fell in love with, God rest his soul, he died in 2005, was Eddie Guerrero. Um, and he was one of those guys that I always just found something that, that attracted me to wrestling. Uh, so fast forward 2011, you know, it was the goal that, OK, as long as I was able to get my degree, uh, you know, I would get some assistance within uh, tuition within a pro wrestling school. And, you know, from there, that's when I went to Florida. I, I began to get trained with the WWE legend uh, by the name of Off of the Wild Samoan. And then I came back to the area and, um, you know, was, was able to kind of, you know, hone my craft even while I was still in college. And when I graduated, you know, I brought the uh, one show with the help of my friend Anthony to Teal. And um, it, I, I began to find an uh, even stronger passion and art for it uh, once I got into it. You know, the the technique that's behind it, the performing arts that's behind it, and clearly the athleticism that's behind it. Um, been able to do it for so long. And, you know, even outside of that, you know, I played all three sports, baseball, basketball, and football. And I can by far tell you wrestling has been the most challenging uh, when it comes to the physical demand and the toll that it takes on your body. But, you know, with with me, I, I, as always, I try to see what can I use as an outlet uh, to encourage people to, you know, help minister to people in some type of way. And, and I find that true even with the art of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Is that how you came up with the name The Rev? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so for, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm actually a reverend. Uh, I was licensed in uh, 2011. I accepted my call in 2011. I was licensed in um, or I was licensed in 2011. I was ordained in 2018. And, um, you know, I wanted to say, you know, OK, um, it's, it's easy to look at the glitz and glams of things. Um, but how can I use this to glorify God? How can I use this to share my own personal story and be able to help other people? Uh, so that's why I initially came as uh, professional wrestling zone, Luke Cage. There's a there's a video somewhere deep in YouTube land. Um, but then, you know, I think around 2011, 2012 uh, is when I said, I'm going to change this. I'm just going to cut my name short. My full name is Ron. Now I'm just going to cut it to Ron Hunt. Easy to remember. And I'm, I'm going to put the Rev at the beginning of it because I was a big fan of The Rock and, you know, his family lineage to help me within wrestling. And uh, so I said, I'm just going to use the Rev Ron Hunt. So that way everyone can always, you know, correlate with it why I do what I do. And uh, so now looking at it, you know, later, that's exactly how I came out with the name, the Rev Ron Hunt. 
And uh, people always ask me at shows, you know, depending on, you know, what the storyline is for that particular company or whatever the mission is that, that company wants to get over. Are you really a reverend? And I always talk to people uh, about this during intermission. And I say, yes, yes, this is this is really me. What you see uh, is really me. And I, I think that all goes to the fact of, you know, just not being ashamed uh, of who you are, you know, not being ashamed of your faith, not being ashamed of your religion and, mm -hmm. and seeing how you can use it. Uh, to help people, uh, especially in a time where, you know, you, you and I both, and I feel like it goes with your name, Buddy Cass, um, mm -hmm. you know, we, we can all be somebody's buddy. And, exactly. so, you know, how, how can I do that on my end? You know, I, I think, you know, with, with you, Nick, you know, you can agree that being someone's buddy means, you know, you can listen to them, you know, you can sympathize with them. You're, you're there where they need to talk. And so the fact that I can use that, you know, in my art form, uh, it, it, it makes my job easy. It, it makes the pain worth it. And sometimes that pain is very tiring, but it, make, it makes the pain all worth it, Nick. Oh, sometimes you go home to your wife and you're just like, I just need a minute to just sit on the couch. And just listen, listen, man, there, there have been so many times that I jumped on a plane. There's been so many times that I jumped in a car and I'm just like, I'm, I'm like walking around like a little old man. And I, you know, you 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 know, a friend of mine. We used to do the old man thing at Till. We put the old man. Yeah, back. I remember that. Yeah, and we would walk around with canes, uh, and then so. But now, sometimes I really feel like that's the real me. <laughs> but it it, it, make, it makes it worth it. You know what they say? You know, uh, no no pain, no gain. So the exactly. fact that I do what I do and, and and help people out, man, you can't beat it. No, you can't. You can't. I got to ask this now because I'm a former missionary, you know, that's why I yeah. left Teal because I went to do missionary work and then decided to continue the faith and stay closer to home after being gone for nine months. I got to ask, what, what inspired you to answer the call when you were called to be a reverend, when you were called to be to preach? What inspired yeah. you to say yes? I, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I think it was one of those things, you know, I've been brought up in the church all throughout my life. Uh, my, my father is a pastor, I think a cumulative of well over about 32, 33 years. Uh, right now he's on his third church. He's been there for about 16, 17 years now. Uh, so, you know, what, what the church people call, I was a PK, which just means I was a preacher's kid. Uh, and, and, you know, so being, being brought up in that, you know, as a kid, um, you're like, oh, do I have to go again? Do I have to go to, to summer Bible camp again? Do I have to go to Sunday school? Oh my goodness. But, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm very blessed for my upbringing. And I, I think, you know, one of the biggest one of the uh, the best scriptures that, you know, I think a lot of us brought up in a church uh, value more is train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. And, you know, I think that was the thing with me. You know, no matter what happens, no one's life is perfect. But uh, there's always a way that you get brought back on the on a straight and narrow path. Um, so so with me, church was always in me. Uh, faith was always in me. I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior at the age of five. Um, and then, you know, clearly like any other child, you know, you have your your hiccups and your pumps that you go through. But, you know, I always knew who I can depend on and, and who I belong to. And for me, uh, that was my belief and my, my faith in Jesus Christ. Um, so in 2011, I was actually finishing up some summer classes at uh, BC3, Butler County Community College, before I came to Teal. And for months and months and months, Nick, you want to talk about a wrestling match. Uh, there is no more challenging wrestling match than having uh, a, a wrestling match with faith and in, in what you're inner calling. And for the longest, I, try, I tried to fight it. Um, and so um, one, one thing that happened is, you know, 
I, I, I was fighting it. I was fighting it. And I, I went to my dad and I said, I think, I, I think I'm getting this. I'm getting like this strange bud. You know, I'm getting this, this, this strange inner feeling. And Nick, you know, as a missionary, you know, you get this inner yeah. feeling and, and there's like this gut calling that goes beyond anything you've ever felt. Butterflies beyond butterflies. And I said, I, I, I think, I, I think I'm called to, to preach. I think I'm called into ministry. And uh, I, I went to my dad and my dad could have very well easily said, you know, well, yeah. But he said, well, here's what I want you to do. You know, I want you to pray about it. I want you to go home. I, I mean, I, I want you to do whatever you have to do. Even when you go to college, sit in your car, whatever, think about it. And whether it's a yes or a no, uh, that's up to you and God to figure out. You know, that's not up to me. You have to have that conversation and, and know for yourself. And uh, so fast forward. I'm thinking that just means, okay, just keep fighting this thing. Three months later, I, I, I tell you, no lie, Nick, I was taking a final. I hate math. I I, I, I hate math. Uh, I was taking a final. It was a night class. It was a three-hour night class. I was working on top of that. Every nightmare I could think of. Uh, I'm sitting, and I'm about to take this test, and it was it was bugging me. It was getting stronger and stronger. It was all through through me, all through my head. And I'm about to write my name on this test. And no lie, the calling was so strong. I cannot even tell you what the first first letter in my first name was. I, I'm, I'm trying. I have legit. I have the pen in my hand. I remember like it was yesterday. And I'm trying to write my name to start this test. The professor says you can start. Everyone's writing. And I can't even put the pen on the paper. And I'm thinking I'm like, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I, I don't do anything. What is going on with me that I don't even know how to spell my first name? And I know how to spell my name. And so I'm looking, I, I, I'm quietly, I'm, I'm looking around. Everyone's taking their tests. And I'm sitting here not being able to spell my name. And the calling gets stronger. And it, it was like this still but very strong voice of God saying, you were called to do what I told you to do. You were called to do what I told you to do. And it kept repeating itself and getting stronger. And I just, I physically said out loud, I didn't scream it because I didn't want people to think I was crazy, but I said, okay, Lord, I'll do what you told me to do. And just like that, you know, the scripture talks about the peace that transpass all understanding. Just like that, a big wave of calming and, and assurance came over me. And I tell you, I don't think I've ever passed a test higher than that. And I hate that. I don't think I passed a test higher than that. And um, tears honestly filled my eyes, Nick, I, I tell you. So I, I went home that night. Uh, I told my dad, and, I, and that was in 2011. That was August of 2011, and um, and and the rest is history, as they would say. And you know, I, I've been in love with the journey. Um, you know, being able to help people like Pastor PJ, um, who, who was our campus pastor at that time, and um, being able to help her and, and so many others while while I was at Till, uh, being able to help them even after my graduation, and you know, through through church, through ministry, through preaching, uh, through different things that we do in the community, and even right here in Dayton, Ohio, where I'm at, um, you know, uh, you, you can't explain it. You know, I think just a joy to be able to know that life isn't perfect, uh, people aren't perfect, but the fact that God saw you not perfect, perfect, but worth it enough to call you to such a huge, humongous humbling task to help people out you 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 can't you can't beat that you can't beat that not, not no, sir. no sir not at all you hit the nail on the head with the calling because that was me you know i met this ministry in high school mm -hmm. Eventually, you know like you, we all go through the stage of like okay we're on this retreat at high school we're here because yeah. it's between this or 
go to, you know, between this or stay at school and, you know, and do all this assignment or stuff. But then once you get into it, you're really into it and you're going home and you're like, you're amazing. Are you, you know, and yep. you're like, are you okay? You know? yep. And then, um, so I was at Teal when it happened. I was going through the worst summer of my life. Couldn't find a job to save my life. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, I lost my grandfather that summer. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I was just going through, I was going through heck and back. And I finally, there was one day I was, I was on Facebook. It was in the summer. It was like a month before school started. And I finally, I stopped and I looked up and I said, I don't know what's going on, but I know, you know, yeah. I don't know you, you know, I've, from all, everything that I've learned, everything that I've been trusting you with, I know that you never put someone through something without a greater good to come out of it. Absolutely. You don't change. You don't take something away or do something just to be mean. You always do it because you have a greater plan in mind. If it's not too much for me to ask, can you start directing me towards that plan? Because I'm struggling down here. Yeah. And a few scrolls later, Hunter's Nails is looking for missionaries. Wow. Like, like not even a second later. Like I'm just scrolling down Facebook. Hunter's Nails is looking for missionary. I looked right back up and went, "Got it." Yep. Yeah, I, I think Nick and, and, and you know this from personal experience. I know the other people that are that are either watching like live now or will watch when then um, you know the recording drops. But I think a lot of us always come to a time to where we think of, okay, um, I don't know what to do. And you know, I, I think one of the big things, and even talking to uh, a lot of the people that I was able to be their RA for at, at Till, and people that just wanted to talk to me because they knew I was in ministry was. Um, they, they were always ashamed to say, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what's next in life. And, you know, it's perfectly, it's perfectly fine to think that way. You know, it's perfectly fine to feel that way. And because, you know, I, I feel in a lot of ways, um, I tell people, I don't want to, the biggest problem that we can have. And I, I always said, I don't want to do this. Um, is we can't out God, God. And, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, so many times, you know, we try to think of, okay, if we get in a problem, okay, how can I get out of it? Okay, plan A didn't work, plan B, plan B didn't work, plan C, plan D. And then once you use the whole alphabet, now you're sitting here, you can use A through Z, and you're still like, I don't know what to do. And that's fine, because what I, what I try to tell people is, um, personally with me, and I, I've seen this through my life, the only thing I can do is, I can't force someone to believe, I can just share my personal testimony and say, this is what I know has has been done for me. And what I try to tell people is, you know, there will be a time to where you say, I don't know what to do. And it's right when you're at your weakest point is when God does the unexpected. You know, in my personal opinion, I believe uh, without a surety of a doubt that we serve a Lord and Savior that can do the possible with the impossible. And I think when we get to a point that when we don't know what to do, that's when he steps in. Because, you know, you, you, he never wants us to be in a point to where it's like, OK, well, you know, you, you give credit to yourself and you give credit to this person. You, he doesn't even want you to give credit to, to your parents or anything. He wants you to be like, listen, I don't even know how it got done. But if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so so I, I think in, in all of those times and uh, a lot of people that I talk to, I often share the quote, uh, you can't have a testimony without first having the word test. You can't exactly. physically spell the word testimony without the first four uh, letters, T-E-S-T. -E so, you know, what I try to tell people is if you're alive right now, 
Um, regardless of how hard or how burdensome your problems can be, um, you're here for a purpose. You're alive for a purpose. You're walking this earth for a purpose. And that's because God is not done with you yet. He still has a plan over your life. And the fact that you go through a test is just a small portion of that first chapter and a whole grand novel that you're going to be able to share with people later on down the road and help somebody else out. That's beautiful. You nailed it on the head. You can't spell testimony without test because it's really those moments. Like there's a song out there called Broken Pieces. Yes. It's all about he's not looking for some perfect model. You know, he's not looking for some perfect role model that he's going to use to shine around the world. Like he's not looking for someone who's got everything in order, who's got everything in place. You know, they did it all their way, everything. He's looking for the most broken person. Like, exactly. Like go back to the gospel, you know. Jesus didn't call on the kings or the, you know, the Pharisees to follow follow him around. He didn't say, you know, uh, King so and so, you know, come with me and let's go chat to the people. You know, he said he called the people. He, you know, you've you've seen the Facebook video where it's like it lists everyone's problems. Yep. So you know, like Zacchaeus was short. So and so had a stutter. So and so, you know, was an atheist before this or yeah. something. He, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. I, I, you know what, Nick? I, I really like that. I, if I'm going to start using that, I'm going to start quoting you in some of these sermons now. All righty. I got to ask now, since we're on this motivation, give us a story from preaching, like one motivational story from preaching that just stands out to you, you know? Yeah, I, I think, oh, man, there there are so many. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard when you think about it to – you know, not quite get emotional, but uh, I, I think I think one of the what I think one of the biggest moments is um, just seeing someone that that came up to me after a sermon, and we're talking about you know months, years later, and say, hey, you know, do you do you remember me from you know do you remember me from from so and so and such and such? And a lot of times, you know, you know, I like to stay around after services, rather I'm at my home church or a visiting church, and you know, being able to talk to people after the sermon. Um, and, and just to see, you know, where they are. Um, and then sometimes, you know, I, I just I'm not able to get to everybody. But a lot of those times, I think the most meaningful, the most meaningful times are the times that I really don't get to talk to people um, because it's those times where we somehow are past meet again. And they say, do you remember me? And I'm like, you know, sometimes I do. And I, I remember something that God gives me to tell them then. And other times I just don't. But the fact is, sometimes when you know, you're, you're going through your sermon and you're preparing and you want to make sure uh, all your information is put together. You want to make sure all your information is factual. You want to make sure uh, that you're that you're correlating it uh, to people's problems, to what you are seeing in society on a daily basis, to some of your own problems. And, you know, it's a lot of those times to where no matter how much time you put into a sermon, God will always take you off of your own personal preparation and comfort and say, right in the middle of it, this is what I want you to say. And I want you to say it now. And you and you just you, you would get to a point to where you just you know when it's his voice and you have to say it. And um, it's, there's been a lot of those times to where people say, you know, because, you know, you, you said this, and you said this. And it made me go back home and, and reevaluate. And, and, you know, because of, you know, because of what you said or because of uh, what you said here and encouraged me to do this. And this is where I'm at now. Uh, and if it had not been for me hearing that sermon, I probably wouldn't be here. And, you know, that honestly, I can tell you that's not because of anything that I've done. And, and I, I tell them right then, I'm like, all glory to God, because no matter what you do, 
you can't do this journey on your own. You 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 yep. can't. You know you can't. Um, you know if you want to do something on your own, guess what? There's a job for that. Not to knock anybody, I do it on side. It's just called motivational speaking. But when it comes to preaching, when it comes to uh, talking and sharing about the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, you can't do that on your own. Not by any means necessary. So I think that just the fact of going back, just um, the the amount of humility that that just gets showered on me when I'm like, wow, wow, God, you 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 know, you're you're doing some amazing things. And, you know, even at some of those services, just to see after you preach something, um, the the transformation of people, you know, people come in one way, but when they leave, they leave a whole nother way. Some people come in one way, but then the next thing you know, before you guys leave, you know, they're accepting him as personal savior. And it, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. It, it, it is truly amazing just to see what he's able to do. So I can share so many of those stories. I, I was I was honestly considering writing, writing a book, you know, I'm still young, but- it's good. You know, I, I'm thinking about it. And, you know, just to be able to, to let people know that, listen, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect by any means necessary. But, you know, if he can do this for me, if he can do that for me, he can definitely do it for you, too. You just have to put it all in his hands. Exactly. And sometimes he uses us as that role model. You know, he uses us to say, like, how many times has someone walked up to you and say, I know exactly what you are going to like? Absolutely. I remember a story real quick. I was, I, I was doing, I was in the ministry and, you know, this was like months after my grandfather passed and I was starting, you know, I was starting to get past it. Like I was starting to get past all the initial stuff like, or it was actually like a year at least. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to get past everything. I'm starting to rebuild all of a sudden, like one day it was just hitting me like left and right. Like I just had him on my mind. I'm like, why today? Like what's, what's going on today that I'm remembering my grandfather so much. So I was just, I was battling that throughout the day. It wasn't like severe, battle. like it wasn't like uh like I was breaking down on like, you know, in the middle of like something, but it was just like, I couldn't stop thinking about him. And I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? So as a min, as when you do ministry, you're called to pray with people, you know, mm -hmm. who have similar stories as you, as ministries. Like I would pray with people who have been bullied because of something they can't control. Or I would pray with someone who lost a loved one and right. So a bunch of kids were sharing about how they lost a loved one that day. So I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see a pattern here. And I went to the side to pray with this one kid. And as I'm coming back, another kid is sharing their story about how they lost their grandmother. I'm like, okay, I know how it is to lose a grandparent. I'll pray with this kid. As their story is going on, I'm just going with this side going, how did he know? How does he know that? Like, how does, how, how? Like, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. By the end of his story, my statement went from, Okay, I'll pray with this kid too. I'm praying with this kid if it's the last prayer I say on this earth. Yep. Because his story to the and we I talked with him before you know before we started praying and usually that's just a quick five minute you know hey here's why I'm praying with it. Mm -hmm. We talked for at least a half hour. Wow. And we literally everything we were saying about everything we were just like we were both like yes finally. The kid told me at the end I've never met someone who has gone through exactly to what I have gone through until yeah. today. Like I've never met someone who knows exactly what I'm going to yeah. until today. So like I said, he uses those broken pieces. There's a song, it's called Broken Pieces. Yes. That he, you know, he's looking for someone like you, someone like me, 
Because yeah. he wants to hold together those broken pieces to make one perfect image, just like I, I, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think I think one one thing, Nick, and and you know, I didn't, I didn't want to take too much of your time, but you know, because you know, when we, when we talk about faith, you, as as you know, you and I could talk all day. Oh, but, you know, I, I think I think one of those things that like a lot of people don't understand is that even when it comes to um, glass, you know, what a lot of people don't know is like the science of glasses is actually all made from pretty much heated sand. So mm -hmm. you, you think about like all these different microcosms um, that are able to be put together, put under fire, which is one, technically one of the most excruciating things ever uh, that can really cause the most pain. But yet when it's used in a way to build you, it comes together to make one full image. And, and, you know, I, I, that's what, that's how I always try to look at it. You know, some of the broken pieces, they might cut you. Um, but at the same time, when when it's put under uh, significant pressure and put together and it's put into one image, that that's 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 the beauty of it. You know, that none of us are ever going to be perfect, you know. And what I try to tell people is, you know, the, the, the definition of a Christian and the first portion of it is, is Christ. You know, he doesn't call us to be like he, he doesn't call us to be like Christ. He calls us to be Christ like. And a lot of a lot of people say, like, what do you mean by that? It's like, listen, we can never be Christ himself. You know, it, it's not our job to be him, to try to 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 try to be better than him, to try to be Christ ourselves. It's called for us to be Christ like, to try to use some of those same characteristics and try our hardest to walk in his image. It won't be perfect, but if we're trying, if we're striving for perfection, somewhere we will land close enough to the narrow path and, and continue to go forward no matter what is on our journey along that way. Love it. Hey, it reminds me, you know, diamonds are made under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, I got to ask, you know, one thing that you and me also share in common, we work for the news industry. Yes. What's that been like for you? Yes. Uh, well, I, I tell you, Nick, it has definitely been uh, it, it's been challenging. I, I, I tell you that, um, you know, it, it's challenging but rewarding. Uh, so yeah. I, I've been in uh, news and, and media in general for about the last 10 years or so. Uh, as, as you know, I started within radio. I started right at uh, WXTC 88.1 FM in, in Greenville, Pennsylvania. And uh, I was in there for about five, five and a half years. I worked a couple radio stations outside of there uh, before I made the full switch over to Strictly TV, and I still do like uh, voiceover work on the side. But um, you know, through that, there there have been times to where uh, sometimes it gets tedious as a news reporter. I know a lot of my news reporter friends, and uh, even the people that work behind the scenes. You know, a good friend of mine, Jordan in Pittsburgh, and so many others that are editors. Um, some you know, some that are writers for our website. Some that do so many aspects of what goes behind news. Um, it's one of those things to where. Um, I think at this point in time, there is a little bit of uh, bullying and, you know, not from inside of the job, uh, but from outside of it, you know, from the public overall. Uh, you know, I feel like we're going through a lot of sensitive times to where uh, sometimes, you know, people are reacting uh, based on the negativity that they see. And, you know, a lot of times we say don't kill the messenger, uh, but sometimes the messenger is the only person they feel they can re retaliate to um, mm -hmm. but it's as close to the story that they are irritated about. And that's completely understandable. So I, I think at that time, you know, it's always a time that I know any company that I've ever worked for, any station that I've ever worked for. Um, I can't tell you a single person that said, I'm in this business to cause chaos. You know, our mindset is how can we bring the best information forward? How can we do this to help our community, to keep our community aware, keep our community alert? 
Uh, and, and then, you know, how can we bring things back full circle or, or in certain stories, be the voice of the unheard. Um, they, they, have, they, they have been having problems with this. They have been irritated for so long. How can we be the voice for them to try to get them help? And, you know, I think every journalist that I've ever worked for, no matter what their job is, that has always been their mindset. Uh, I think sometimes like the tedious thing is um, looking at it in the aspects of, um, like I said, you know, seeing these personal attacks and uh, some of these name cons and sometimes things get physical. Um, you know, I've been in a few situations where things have got close to physical, if not physical themselves. Um, but I, I think in a way that's 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 a part of the course. Uh, so so with me, I always look at it in the optimistic. How can I do my job to uh, try to help people? And, and sometimes I've been able to calm people down uh, in the midst of them wanting to get physical with me. Uh, I don't know how it happened. That's nothing but the grace of God. But I've been in situations where my photographer and I, we look at each other like, Oh man, we might not make it out of here. Uh, it turns out, next thing you know, we're having a conversation with the person, and they're apologizing, saying, "I'm so sorry. It was just my irritation and my anxiety. Um, it, it was just the, the the heat of the moment." And I say, "Listen, man, that's that's no problem. Um, you know, what questions can 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 I help try to answer for you, or how can I try to help you?" Uh, so with me. It's it's rewarding. Um, you know, I'm having fun with it. I'm having a blast with it. Each day is a new day. Uh, so my mindset is, you know, I love new challenges. And, and, and I feel like you don't get any better challenges uh, than, than working within media, whether it's radio, TV, newspaper, uh, magazines, writing, uh, you know, writing itself. There, as you know, Nick, you know, nothing, nothing is more fun. It's a new experience every single day. It is. And you're 100 percent right. You know, we are in a time like that's why I started this show. Because I work, I'm the behind the scenes guy. I'm the content writer. And just when you just released the coronavirus status today, just the responses that you would get, like earlier on, I was I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how are people sleeping at night? Like, yeah. when, like you're just releasing, hey, here are the numbers today. And there are people who are really thankful. Like, thank you for this information. It's useful. Mm -hmm. There are people who are irritated because they've been hearing this for months and months now. They just want to go back to it. And there are people who still believe that what we're going through today is some type of political hoax, and they are unfortunately yes. China point being is saying you're the ones who started this political hoax, like you're the one who did, you know. So I'm like, you know what? This world just needs some positive, feel-good stories. Just oh yeah. And I actually turned to a good buddy of mine. Have you ever heard of the Dr. Patch Adams? Yes. I turned to him. I said, you know, if there's someone who can help with this positivity thing that I got going on in my head right now, it'd be him. So. He's actually, I've written a bunch of letters to him mm -hmm. and he, I um, reached out to my boss and said, if I can get this guy for an interview, would you be willing to do something like that? Like maybe a digital exclusive or something yeah. like that. He went, absolutely. So I reached out to, um, Patch actually helped my best friend get into college mm -hmm. or get into med school, not like help him get into, but um, inspire him a little bit because yeah. my buddy was getting rejected left and right, left and right. And I, Set patch a letter saying, "Hey, can you send him some motivation? Just a little. You can do it, you know." Exactly. And he sent him three books and a personal letter. So, and the next week, my buddy got into med school. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't beat things like that, honestly. Yeah. So I interviewed Patch, and it was a fun time. It was a great time. And by the end of it, I'm like, I could see myself doing something like this, like just chatting with people. And for the longest time, kind of like that, kind of like you with preaching. Yes. It was just on my heart, on my heart. And I finally talked to my girlfriend, who's coming into town this week, by the way. Yes. And um, I finally said, you know, 
I I got this idea in my heart. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I really want to do it. You know, I was expecting her to say like, you know, well, you got to consider stuff like timing, you know, like, well, let's take out a bunch of our time. Or she also just looked at me and went, why haven't you started already? <laughs> like, what's, what are you waiting for? Get out of there. Yeah, hey, hey, you probably said, well, that was easy. Exactly. <laughs> all, you, all, you needed was, all you needed was a that is easy button. Exactly. I, I honestly went like, well, this is going a lot better than I expected. Like I had this whole like debate planned out, like how I'm going to explain this, like how I'm never going to put the show before you, or I'm never, you know, like I promise you, you're the first lady of the show. So if anything, you know, the minute you tell me this show is getting too much, I want you to calm down. Boom. Done. See you later. Retiring the show. Folks. All you have to do is tell me when. Yep, exactly. So, but yeah, and 91 episodes later, here we are, oh, man. 91. Yep. Goodness gracious. Good job. Yep. So I got to ask, I asked this question a lot last month, and I'm going to continue it with you because I feel comfortable asking you this. Yeah, absolutely. We live in a time like we just described where a lot of negativity is going on. You know it personally. I know, you know, just from the news aspect, you know, from the coronavirus to all this political stuff that's just going on, all this, you know, all the hate that's just dividing our world today. Yeah. How can we spread more positivity? Yeah. I, I think I think one of the main things that, that we can always do and it, you know, we hear it so many times throughout our lives, but try to put yourself in other people's shoes. Um, I, I think it's one of those times that I always try to look at what we are doing in life. And, you know, granted, some things, you know, you're like, I don't know how a person can think this way. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what they're thinking, you know, and especially with some of the sensitivity that we've been seeing, um, rather it's politically, you know, rather it's health wise when it comes to the pandemic. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, I even had to look at my own self and say, just take, just take a breather. You know, you got to practice what you preach and, and look at it in a new light. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with the person, uh, but there is a way that you can agree to disagree. And I think one of the main problems that we see nowadays is uh, if you have to disagree with someone, that means you got to completely just destroy them. No, you could say, hey, listen, I disagree with you. And here's why I disagree with you. And they could say, well, I still stand my ground. That's that's perfectly fine. You know, and I, I think that it is something that has been lost, uh, especially within the year of 2020. Now, I think as. Uh, not only Americans, but as society as a whole, we have been going through so much nationwide. And, you know, when certain things are added on, people get to their breaking point. So I always try to look at it as how can I dial back uh, in a way? How can I uh, uh, in my own way, hi hypothetically, have an out of body experience to where I can relieve myself from where I'm looking at as man and look at it at a level of let me evaluate the full circle of the situation uh, and then interject myself. Uh, so I, I think in, in that time, the way that what we can do to uh, be better, what we can do to be kind is to just take a breather. Um, a lot of times people are distraught. People are depressed by what they see on social media. Uh, we see it with our, our A-list celebrities. We see it with our local people. We see it with our common people. It is okay to take a step back from social media, take a vacation away from social media, a little sabbatical is what I call it, for away from social media. Log off of it. Don't get on it for a week or two. If you need just a day, cool. If you need a month or a year, cool. 
but just be able to erase the rest of society minus the essential things that you need and just be able to focus on yourself, realign yourself, look at yourself on how you can do better personally, and then interject yourself back into all of the things that are happening in the world. And I think in a time that if we all just take time to focus and look at our, um, and I, I think if we take away to focus and look at where we are ourselves, the best way that we could talk about, you know, I was, a, you know, I love music. One of my favorite artists was the late Michael Jackson. His song, Man in the Mirror. You know, I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It's going to feel real good. Going to make a difference. Going to be all right. You know, but what he said is, I'm starting with the man in the mirror, which means he's starting with himself. If we can all look at ourselves first, see how we can better ourselves and then put ourselves back in the world. I think the world as a whole, no matter what country you live in, will be in a much better place. But you first have to start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's like my buddy Elton John says, I'm still standing, you know? <laughs> you know, you you you, ha you have to. And I, I think at that time, you know, what, what I try to tell people is, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not standing, then you're kneeling. If you're mm -hmm. kneeling, you're praying. And those should be the only things you should be doing. You should either be kneeling and praying or you should be standing still and seeing the salvation of the Lord like, uh, like a good... Uh, a preacher friend of mine, uh, Stephen Furtick, put in one of his books, Sun Stand Still. You know, sometimes you just have to stand still. And, you know, I, I think if we all get to a point to where we do not try to be as active as the world and we just stand still and where we are, that's going to make all the difference in the world on what we're going to see within society itself. Yes, 100 percent. I'm going to ask you another question that I yeah. ask all my buddies on this show. I don't call them friends. I call them buddies. When, um, actually, what is your definition of a buddy? Yeah. My definition of a buddy is someone that is there to listen to you. Uh, uh, someone that is there to hear you. And, and here's what a lot of people don't understand. Well, I'll, I'll come back to this full circle, but just yeah. remember, my first definition, the most important thing is, uh, someone that is there to listen to you. Um, another thing is uh, someone that is there to guide you. So if you see something that uh, they're doing wrong, you know, don't come at them in a hateful way, but come at them in a loving way saying, hey, you know, you're not looking like yourself or you're doing some things that's not typically you. What's what's going on? And I think some of those are red flags that you'll be able to see to help your buddy get back on track. Uh, an another thing is someone that is just there to just, you know, be there and, and allow you to take a step away from reality. And I think I think that's one more thing that, you know, we can all add to it. I think it's easy to uh, listen to a buddy and hear their problems and say, wait till you hear my problems. Uh, and, you know, we all have those times. But I feel like if we can kind of help our buddy uh, get to a point to where they're feeling good, uh, then, you know, the, the gift always goes back to the giver. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a ping pong effect. What you do for your buddy, your buddy does back into you. Treat each other like you want to be treated. And I think those are my most important things and definitions of, to me, what a buddy is. Now, the one thing I wanted to say is, you know, uh, going back to, I said my first thing is, listen, here's another thing. And believe it or not, I didn't come up with this on my own. I wish I was creative and intelligent enough. But listen, spelled backwards, is silent. It's the, it's the weirdest thing. I think, no, 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 this, no, not backwards, but the same letters that you spell the word listen with, once you rearrange them, you can also spell the word silent. And I think one of the uh, biggest things that is missed 
is so many times we listen to our buddy uh, to have a response. Sometimes we just need to listen in silence, listen just to hear them. Because sometimes, a lot of times, our buddy just needs to hash things out. And so the, the, the fact that, you know, if we can kind of give them a little bit of uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual release and just listen and stay silent to them, let, let, let them get it out of their system, uh, then they will be empty enough to be filled with whatever you now have to give them. Uh, so so that, that's why I say that's one of the most important things that if we are able to listen the correct way, uh, it's very therapeutic between buddy and buddy what people can do for one another. Love it. Love it a lot. Listening is key, you know. Like yeah. I said, I'm not, that's one that's one thing I love about. So I love listening to people's stories. I love listening to just what have you got to say today, you know? Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's one of, one of the things that you know with with technology because you know we we all we all have a phone. You know, if you work certain jobs, sometimes you got two phones, and it's, yep. it, it's easy to text. You know, it's easy to swipe through social media. It's easy to stay, you know, but I think one of the most important things is nothing but an old school conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those are the times that, you know, I can I can tell you I can I can tell you, you know, what I need you to say in, in a text. But sometimes I, I might not be able to get the full sincerity of it uh, unless I'm talking to you either in person or if we are, you know, miles away from each other over the phone. And, you know, that's that's what I do. I mean, I have a I have a, a good a good friend of mine right now that I stay in contact with. Um, I, actually, they were they were just messaging me not too long ago. And, um, you know, it's been years uh, since we've physically seen each other face to face. But they always know that I'm always there for them. I'm always willing to pick up the phone. I'm always willing to talk with them, to video chat with them and, and, yeah. and just hear them out. And I, I think that's that's a miss art is real communication with real people, real communication with real people. It's funny because you and me are both comm majors, number one. Yeah. And number two, I got a funny story about that. So tomorrow I'm coming up on my one year anniversary with my beautiful girlfriend. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I call her the first lady of BuddyCast. Yeah. And um, so ever since we met. Oh, sorry. Let me me just mute that. No problem at all. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we're, 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 talk, we're talking about phones. That was, that was my other phone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the one thing that I love about our relationship, she's in Massachusetts. I'm in Pennsylvania. We're still able. We have a piece of, people don't realize, like what you said, we have a piece of technology right here. Yes. That can allow us to talk face to face, miles away. Yes. Just like you and me. You're in, you're in Pittsburgh right now, correct? Around Pittsburgh. Yeah, right, 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 out, right outside of Pittsburgh. I'm right outside of Erie. Yep. Yeah, that's at least two hours away from each other, four hours away. Just and we're chatting as if though we're in the same room. Exactly. People don't realize we have that te- we have that ability today. We have that power. So why not use it? Especially in a time where I know it's not the same as, you know, you and me being on Teal's campus and just yeah. hanging out at the bistro or something like that. But at the same time, you know, it's still an option. It's exactly. something. So I'm going to ask you two more questions. The first one is uh, part of being a buddy is being charitable. Yes. So if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Yeah, I I think one of the um, one of the main things that that I would say, and this is something that I always try to look at sometimes. uh, What is not only going around season? What is not only happening seasonally, uh, but also what is happening around the world? 
And one of one of the things that I look at, and there's so many, um, there's there's so many aspects to this is child hunger. Um, I, I think that's one of the main things that, especially in this time, it's hard for families sometimes to be able to balance and be able to adjust and everything like that. And so, especially now, it's getting harder for some of these families to feed their children, for some of these families to make sure there's proper nutrition in their in their child and certain things are uncontrollable. So actually it was it was a story that I just did uh, for the news, I wanna say about two or three days ago. Uh, it was called Mercy Pets. And it was done by a pastor here in the Dayton area. He's been a pastor of this church for 20 years. And uh, right now he's in a total of, he has five different projects happening in four different countries. Um, which which is amazing, uh, and he's looking to continuously grow. And uh, wh- why it's called Mercy Pets, but it has to do with feeding children and child hunger, is uh, he he had a dog for about ten years, uh, but he realized he was putting so much energy and money in, in into into his animal. Um, so he still has a dog. I actually just interviewed her. Name is Tutu. She's a 10, 10 year old puppy. But um, so what he did is he said, you know, I I started to look at whatever. Um, I spend on my dog annually, I will match that 100% to Mercy Pets. And then that way it gets separated and then spread out through their five different projects that they have in four different countries. Um, And then one of their newest ones is helping mothers with baby formula, whether they can't afford it or for health reasons, they're unable to breastfeed, uh, even in in here in the United States. So, you know, the the reason why I called it Mercy Pets is he said, listen, this is what I'm doing. I'm matching 100% of whatever I spend annually uh, on this project. But all I'm asking people to do is just match 1% of what they spend annually. And so what, what he calculated is across just the United States alone, uh, pet owners across the nation spend $65 billion on their pets every year. Cumulative, $65 billion. Uh, and he said, right now, I believe we're up to about uh, nationwide, 795 million people are going through some type of food insecurity or child or child hunger. So he said, if we can just spend 1% of that's per, uh, projected $65 billion. We're looking at so much money that we can help make a change and decrease these numbers and possibly end child hunger. So uh, with, with that, that has been one of my newest projects, especially with myself being a pet owner. Uh, how can I do my part? Uh, so if anyone anyone wants to uh, donate to that, you could just go to mercypets.org, just M-E-R-C-Y pets, P-E-T-S, Dot org and then it will be able to walk you through the process. Um, a cool, a cool thing that they have there is they actually have a calendar, so you can actually uh, not have to look at everything all in one. Thank you so much for that. You don't have to look at everything all in one, but you there's actually a monthly calendar. You can go day by day and say, okay, this is what I spent. This is what I spent. This is what I spent. So then that way you can calculate it, and then it's all done for you at the end of the day. So, uh, I you know. That that is myself, but you know, if there's anything that anyone wants to give, I honestly say uh, any organization that that is helping. Uh, another another organization that I, that I want to bring up, I wanted to make sure I had their uh, website because I'm good friends with uh, one of the directors there. It's, it's actually a, a organization that's uh, in Pittsburgh, but they go all across the nation. is uh, called One Hood Media. Uh, so their concept behind that is looking at 
what is happening to break people apart, racial, you know, racially, uh, diversity-wise, and how can we use this to help break this common gap of misunderstanding? Let people understand, like, like I stated before, walk in other people's shoes. Um, so what they do is they go all across the nation uh, talking, uh, in encouraging, enriching people in some things that, you know, it's cool to say you don't know something about a particular culture and now they're educating them. And, and now we're looking at, okay, how can we do our job locally? How can we do, do our job as a state? How can we do our job as a country? And, and, th and this is what they're doing. So anyone that is interested in them, let me just make sure I got their uh, website correct. It is just one, the number one hood dot org onehood.org there they'll be able to give all the information that you need in regards of uh if you want them to come out and do a speaking engagement if you want them to come out and do something you know for your community whatever you want them to do they're able to kind of come out and, and and help you along that way so um those are just a few that i always like to stay in, in touch with and see what the next journey is that they're doing within life nick love it love it love it now, my buddy, it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Yes. So this is going to be a two-parter for you. Yes. The first oh, boy, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> the first one is going to be for anyone who's looking to go into preaching, to become yeah. a preacher, do any type of ministry. What's your advice? I, I would say, you know, short and simple, uh, follow your, follow your gut, you know, follow, follow your calling. Um, there will be times that you might not understand it, but you know, just trust in the Lord with all in your heart and lean that to your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he's going to direct your path. And, you know, I think when, you know, when I always looked at things like that, um, with me, I wrestled for a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, I still had to follow my gut, even though I was scared. Um, so my thing is pray about it. Um, if it's what you feel you need to do, continue to pray, pray and fast, you know, certain things, God calls us to go the extra limit. And when it's all said and done, when you feel like he's giving you an answer, fo follow that on the first go. You, you won't be misled. Love it. And now for anyone looking to go into the entertainment business, such as wrestling, such as acting, what have you got for them? Yeah. Um, my, my thing is, uh, don't let anyone discourage you. Be your best cheerleader. Uh, I've had so many people discourage me throughout the journey. Uh, I've been very fortunate to to do what I've done. I honestly, I, I'm blessed to say that I almost lost track of you know some of the major films that I've had the pleasure of being a part of. But um, just even some of the small things of, of of working on a film that was directed by Stephen King, working on one that was uh, directed by Denzel, uh, that, that had Chadwick Boseman in it. Um, and, then, and then so so many others of tremendous people that would have not been possible if I had just listened to the naysayers. So if I would say if you're looking to get in entertainment, rather uh, that is wrestling, singing, acting, uh, uh, being you know being some type of a media reporter, um, be your best cheerleader. Never take no. No does not mean never. No just means not right now. But stick to your guns. Hone your skill. Be your best cheerleader and surround yourself with winners that want to think just like you. Don't surround yourself by people that say you can't do it. Surround yourself by people that say you can and you will. Love it. Love it. I love the motivation that you took rather than use the motivation of take all the people who told you you'll be da 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 and yeah. build up 
you're just, you say surround your people with surround yourself with the people surround yourself with those who say you can do this you're trusted you know i've created a little community here with BuddyCast that our people around say hey we love what's going on you got this you know so. yeah i think i think a lot i think a lot of people don't don't understand nick is that you know when you wake up um, you know, I mean, when we're brought into this earth, we all get started with the same opportunities. You know, even if you are brought up in some type of fa family that's already famous, you're still brought into this earth like a normal person. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't have a million dollar net worth as soon as we're birthed into this earth. And I, I think, you know, hard work comes, you know, you, you, you have to put in that time, you have to put in that energy. And uh, I think at the end of it, just like I said, you know, if you surround yourself with winners, um, if you feel like someone is not supporting you, that's okay. You know, use that as fuel, but at the same time, know how to love someone from a distance and then bring people in your circle uh, that are thinking in the same mindset as you at the end of the day. Love it. Love it. All righty, buddy. It was great catching up with you. It was great having you on the show. Thank you so yeah. much for being a you, buddy. I just, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for having me on. And anywhere yeah. you're on the road, you ever want to catch up and do a part two, I'm letting you know right now, live on a stream, anytime you want. Feel free to get in contact with me. I guarantee we can set something up. Hey, you're an official buddy on BuddyCast. Right, anything you want to share, just send it my way. Stick Absolutely. around for a minute. Stick around afterwards. For all my buddies out there, this is my good buddy, Ron L. The Rev Hunt. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. And like I end every single show, do me one favor today, buddy. Go be someone's buddy today. We'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past Buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cats but Don't feel like it could make it, buddy Here on Buddy Cats